powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. Make our confession of faith together. It's on the screen. Everybody lift your Bible. I'm lifting my phone because I got the Harvest Mobile app. Say this with me. For God's glory, this is my best year yet. The word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it. In Jesus' name, amen. God, you are already in our midst on campus and online. So we just say, speak, Lord. Come on, Wednesday. Tell them, say, speak, Lord. I will hear and I will obey. My confession is that my next is better than my present or my previous. My confession is that my sequel is going to make me forget my suffering. Come on, y'all. Say, my confession is that what's ahead is way better than what's been. In Jesus' name, let's go to work. So this series we've been in is called The Sequel. I'm actually going to finish this series in Atlanta on Friday. We're going to have a scene change. I opened it up in Denver. We're going to finish it in Atlanta. Why is, are we in this series? Because our God is the God of a sequel. I always wanted your next to be better than your previous and your present. It doesn't even mean that what's happening now is bad. It just means God wants your next to be better. It doesn't mean that what happened in your past is bad. It just means that what he wants to happen in your future is better. Who couldn't love? A God like that, that always wants to see you doing better. There are people that may low-key hate on you doing better, and they'll smile in your face, but all the time they want to take your place. But we serve a God that will sit in front of your face and say, you better win, you better go, I'm rooting for you. I put too much in you, I put too much in you, and I expect to see results out of your life. So this, uh, this message uh, is called, It Won't Happen a second time because there are some areas let's tell the truth where we do not want a sequel there are some areas where we don't want a comma we want that to be a period there are certain situations circumstances that we do not want to go through again 
I hope I'm not the only one that can testify to the fact that there's some things I want to be able to say, I'll never go through that again. I, you, watch me, some of y'all need to practice right now and you need to put this in the atmosphere so it won't happen again. No, you ain't going to be depressed like that. No, that won't happen again. You're not going to have anxiety like that. No, that won't happen again. It will not happen a second time. You're not going to make another bad relationship decision. It won't happen. You ain't going to have to get another divorce. It won't happen. You ain't going to have to have another foreclosure. It won't happen. You ain't going to have to file bankruptcy again. It won't happen. You ain't going to have to shut your business down. It won't happen. I need you to say that with authority. Say it won't happen a second time. I don't believe you. Say it with authority. Say it won't happen a second time. There's scripture to back this up. In Nahum chapter 1, watch this verse. Now, literally what's happening is that God's people are dealing with this group of people called the Assyrians. And the Assyrians literally are trying to come against God's people a second time. Um, They are trying to have a sequel of their first victory against them. And that's just what the enemy is plotting and planning for you. His plot and plan is that he gets you to go through a sequel of a suffering situation. His plot and his plan is that you screw it up this time like you did last time. His plot and his plan is that when you get close, you're going to fumble the ball like you did last time. His plot and his plan that when you finally get to the door of breakthrough, that you stand on the other side of the door because you're too scared to walk through the door. But I got news for the enemy tonight, and I got news for you. The devil is a whole lie. Somebody say, it won't happen a second time. Look at this verse. Whatever you plot, you Assyrians devise against the Lord. Now, let's start right there. They were doing it against God's people, but God takes plots and plans against his people personally. Which means anytime somebody says they're coming against you, I hate to be the one to tell you, you are not just coming against a child of God. If you come against a son or daughter of the most high, you are coming against God himself. Watch me. I feel bad for every person that thought when they did you dirty that that was the extent of where it went. Because as far as God is concerned, if you plot against my daughter, you're plotting against me. If you plot against my son, you're plotting against me. If you come against my people, you are coming against me. And I take plots and plans personally. So the verse says, whatever whatever plot you Assyrians devise against the Lord... He will make a complete end of it. Stop. You're about to declare the end of some things right here in the middle of this message. He's about to make a complete end of some things in this message. If you've been in financial lack, he's about to make a complete end to that because your seed has scheduled a sequel. If you've been confused about the decisions you've made, uh uh-uh, he's about to make a complete end to your confusion. God, I wish I had somebody on TikTok. I wish I had somebody on Clubhouse. Whatever area, you need God to put a period. I just need you to make this declaration and I need you to do your hand like he's shutting it, shutting it off and bringing it to a conclusion. Say, so he's about to make a complete end. The strife in your house, he's about to make a complete end to it. The confusion in your mind, he's about to make a complete end into it you feeling like you're not good enough he's about to make a complete into it your health challenge who is that for he's about to bring it to a complete end 
uh-uh, uh-uh. I need you to make sure you're around some faith people. Can I get you to just touch somebody's shoulder in the building and say, he's about to bring it to a complete end, a complete end. Online, I need you to type that. He's about to bring it to a complete end. Bishop, how do you know that? I'm reading the Bible, ma'am. The Bible says that he's about to make a complete end to... You're not having the help you needed. He's about to bring a complete... Since whatever plot you Assyrians devise against the Lord, he will make a complete end of it. Of what? Of the plot, of the plan, even, watch me, the devising of the plan. Look at this. Affliction of God's people by the hand of Assyria. If you don't say this last part with authority, I'm walking out and I'll see you in Atlanta. You ready? It's only four words. You ready? Will not occur twice. Let's go. Have, have a good night, everybody. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm going to give you all one opportunity. You ready? I'm going to give you one more opportunity. And I need you to say this thing with authority. I need you to say this thing like the hell you dealt with today. You'll never, ever, 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 never, ever, ever, never, ever, 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 never, ever, never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever, ever deal with that thing again. These four words ready. Let's go. Will not occur twice. I just heard the Lord. There's some of you that are dealing with addictions to drugs. And I just heard the Lord say, that will not occur twice. He's about to take the taste for it out of your mouth. He's about to take the desire for it out of your mouth. There's seven of you between this building and online. You've been dealing with alcohol. That's what you run to. And I heard the Lord say tonight, right now, in the middle of this message, he's about to take your desire for alcohol as your substance. Please open your mouth and say, it will not occur twice. You ready? You ready? This is affliction of God's people by the hand of Assyria will not occur twice. Now, I want you to pay attention to what he didn't say. He didn't say you won't have problems again. He didn't say you won't have challenges again. He didn't say you won't have frustrations again. He said, but that thing, that thing by those people not happening a second time. Mm -mm, mm, your faith is weak. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Your faith is weak. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Say, it will not occur twice. The Assyrians literally, pay attention, it means it was a people who taunted God and God's people. And the Lord clapped back for his people. I need a few of you to make this declaration and say, I didn't clap back to give him room to clap back. There's wisdom in holding your tongue. There's wisdom in holding your tongue. There's wisdom in holding your tongue. There is wisdom in you not getting vengeance. There's wisdom in you not doing to them what they tried to do to you. There is wisdom in that. Oh my God. Literally, the God clapped back for them. But the word Assyrian, pay attention, let's dig deeper into the verse. It says, this affliction by the Assyrians will not occur twice it, it, it will not happen again Assyrian there watch me here's the practical application for you and I here's what the word means in Hebrew it means a step so let's make this verse practical go back to the verse now we know what it means a step 
Affliction by your missteps. Will not occur twice. You ain't going to touch your neighbor. You're going to touch yourself. Lay your hands on yourself and say, you ain't going to screw up again. Uh -uh. Come on, say, you're not going to make that mistake again. Come on, if you're watching me online, I need you to say this thing with authority. Say, I won't mess this up again. Let's look at the definitions of Assyria. All right, it says this. It says, just. In other words, it's a step that you take that you feel justified in. He says, you did this because you felt like you had a right to. And you know why you did it? Look at the last definition. Because it made you happy. He said, it's a step that you made, watch me, that you felt justified in, that you felt like made you happy. But what it was, it was a misstep. It was not the right step at the right time. Watch me. And look at what the verse says again. Whatever plot, watch me, the Assyrians devised. So what is the verse saying? Whatever steps you've been contemplating, whatever steps you've been contemplating that are steps that you feel justified in, that you think are going to make you happy, but they're going to bring affliction, the Lord said it will not occur twice. In other words, 2021 gave you chicken pox. What do you mean by that? Once you have chicken pox, you can't have them a second time. I don't like the way some of y'all looking at me tonight. The first three months of this year gave you chicken pox. What a minute. Uh, watch me. The mistakes I made in the first quarter, watch me. I just got a word from the Lord in that who I'm not going to make those mistakes in the second quarter. Some of y'all should be excited because the truth be told, you ain't, you, ain't, you ain't made as many good decisions as you like folk to believe. Matter of fact, I'm going to check the room and check online. If you know right now that there's some things that you have done that, watch me, that were total mistakes and missteps that you feel justified in because you were trying to be happy. But watch me, but it brought affliction. Can I get you to release a praise? Watch me. Wait, 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 wait. Before you release it, before you release it, here's what you're going to release it for, is that you're not going to make that mistake a second time. Go. You're not going to get upset the way you did last time. You're not going to get upset the way you did last time. You're not going to get angry the way you did last time. You're not going to lose your cool the way you did last time. You're going to not let them get under your skin the way you did last time. They're not going to rub you the wrong way like they did last time. This time you'll look at that Assyrian and you'll say, do what you got to do because I'm going to do what I got to do. Why? This is the day that the Lord has made and I shall rejoice and be made glad in it. Say, no sequel this time. So your confession has to be this. I won't make the same mistake twice. How do we avoid that? How do we avoid that? We avoid that Proverbs 3, 6 this way. The Bible says, in all your ways, what does this mean? In all your steps. What is Assyria? Step. Every little step I take. (laughs) 
Y'all got it. That's good. In all your steps, acknowledge him. What does acknowledge mean? Yada. Say yada. He says, in all your steps, worship him. Question, why did you make your step? Because for many of you, you make your steps because you want to be worshipped. You want somebody to see you. You want somebody to recognize you. You want somebody to pay attention to you. You want somebody to affirm you. You want somebody to see you. You want somebody to look at you. You want your mom and them to see that you made it and they ain't looking at you know how. You, 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 want, you want to show this. You want to show that. Watch what the Bible says. He says, in all your ways, worship him, which means every decision I make, I have to make sure that he's getting the glory out of it and it's not, I'm not doing it because of myself. That was, that's going to help you alleviate 50% of your bad decisions because most of your bad decisions come because you're serving your ego and the danger of serving your ego is that your ego is never satisfied, which means even when you get what you want, it still won't be enough. Even when you get what you want, it won't be enough because you're trying to satisfy something that has this insatiable appetite that can never, ever be satisfied. You ever met somebody that no matter what you did, what you changed, how you moved, how you did all of that, it was never, ever what they wanted. And you were like, what's wrong with me? Nothing was wrong with you. It's because they had an appetite that nobody was able to satisfy. He says, in all your ways, worship him and he shall direct your path. He's the next definition of yada. It means give permission to lead. There's a word for that. Say Submission. All right, here's submission. Get up under a mission. So he says, in all of your ways, how is this, watch me, in alignment and under submission to God's mission? In other words, if you can't find biblical justification for what you're doing, then you have no business doing it. Feels good. If you cannot find, watch me, uh, something uh, that has biblical justification, we have no business doing it. There's a lot of missteps and Assyrian steps that we make that we would not make. Watch me, you were looking for a voice when all you needed to do was look at a verse. Then, watch me, to respect and follow him. Now, this is good. Because, watch me, because respect and to follow are very interesting terminologies. Why? Because God says, in all your ways, put some respect on my name. In other words, don't make this decision and embarrass God behind you making your decision. When you make this decision, don't put God on, a, on the line. A lot of Christians will put God out on the line and they have no respect on his name because they're doing things in his name that God is like, I did not tell you to do that. I did not say to do that. I didn't have, I had nothing to do with that. I'm not in that. I've never been in that. I never had nothing to do with that. I told you not to marry that fool. I told you not to marry that girl. I told you not to be friends with that person. I, but you didn't want to hear me. Y'all not talking. I told you not to go to that city. I told you not to do this. I told you, I told you not to do that. And now you want to blame me for what you did because you don't know how to put no respect on my name. Can I borrow Birdman, Birdman? He didn't say respect. He said respect. Watch me. To respect and follow. It's very difficult for you to ever follow someone that you do not first respect. And for some of you, this is why you have so many issues with people. Uh, the issues you have is that, watch me, while well, they may be around you, watch me, they don't respect you. And because they don't respect you, everything's a fight. Here's what I discovered. If you want to fight with me, then that means I don't have your respect. And that means I'm out for the fight to lead you. Watch me, because I don't have anything to prove to you. My fruit speaks. Mm. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. But for some of you, watch me. If you have to fight, if you're in the seat of a leader and you have to fight with somebody to get them to do what they're supposed to do, it's an indication that they do not respect you in the first place. Every man, watch me. If you got to fight to get her to submit, it's because she doesn't respect you in the first place. But now watch me. Give her something to respect. Y'all not going to say nothing. 
If she, watch me, if she wanted another woman, y'all not going to say that to me. She, she was looking for leadership. She was looking, y'all not going to talk. She was looking for strength. She was looking for somebody that could give her a vision. Give me a mission to submit under. Don't just walk around talking about I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. Well, give me something to submit to. Give me something to respect. Give, y'all, y'all ain't going to talk to me. If she wanted a friend she could hang out with, she could have got a friend. You see what I'm saying? If she wanted what she was, she could have got that. That's what I'm trying to say. If she wanted what she was, she could have got that. So, so, so if you want somebody to submit, give them something to submit to. Ooh. Watch me. God has given us something to submit to. Why? He's been faithful to you when you weren't to him. He's consistent to you when you weren't to him. He opened doors for you when you didn't even know you need. Watch me. You didn't even know you were at a door. You were standing there. You didn't even know you needed his help. You didn't even know you needed his favor. And he opened the door. And God says, I have given you something to respect. I have given you something to follow. Now, I need you to touch somebody on the shoulder and say, put some respect on his name. Now, pay attention to the last part of the line. Because then it says, and he shall direct your paths. Which means, watch me, watch me, look at the verse. If I don't worship, if I don't give him permission to lead, and that's important because giving permission to lead means I willingly lay down what I want and my agenda. See, for most people, watch me, you, 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 you've never really learned to submit. What you saw, what you, you ready? You didn't see submission. What you saw was visual compliance. Oh, I'm going to teach now. See, visual compliance says, let me do the right things, but I never made my why agree with the why of who I'm submitted to. So I'm doing these things, but the truth is, when, I, when I'm not around the person I'm supposed to do these things in front of, I said, well, I don't know why we got to do that. I don't know why this. I don't know why. Why? Because your why never actually got into a place in a posture of submission. So many Christians are visually compliant. I do these things that I believe I'm supposed to do, but the truth is, I really don't want to do it. And the truth is, I really, Lord, I really don't feel like all of this. And God is like, you ain't doing me no favors. If you don't praise me, guess what I'll do? I'll go get a rock. Because I'm not going to deal with your lack of submission. So I'll go get a rock and I'll command the rock to praise me before I deal with your lack of submission. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, Lord, teach me how to submit. Come on. Why is this important? Because if you don't do that, look at what he won't do. He won't direct your paths. So many people say, Lord, give me direction. You want to know why you're confused? Because you don't submit. So why should he bother? I'm going to preach hard tonight. You want to know why you don't know what to do and you always confused and you always be fuddled about what to do? Because God says, every time I say something, you don't follow what I'm saying anyhow. Every time I say do something, you don't do what I say do anyhow. So why in the world would I bother to direct the paths of those who treat my voice in a passive way? You ain't going to do it no how. Say, Lord, teach me how to submit. 
I don't even like how you got low voiced right there. Say that with authority. Say, Lord, teach me how to submit. See, if you don't do this, he's not going to bother to direct your paths, which means you're going to make a lot of Assyrian steps. You make a lot of steps that you feel justified in that make you happy, but they're going to end in affliction. Because God says, I'm not even going to bother to tell you what to do. You don't listen, know how. You don't listen, know how. You ever just said, okay, look at me. Everybody look at me. You, you, there are people in your life where you have known they just don't do right. So you were like, I'm not even going to tell them. I'll just do it. Or watch me. I'll get somebody else to do it because I don't feel like all the back and forth with them. So who did God give your last sequel to? Because you wouldn't submit. Here's the good news. Go back to Nahum 1.9. Nahum 1.9. Watch me. It will not occur twice. <laughs> I may be the only one that believes this thing, but that's fine. I'll go by myself. Father, every area where you have to give our sequel to somebody else, thank you for your word tonight that that will not occur twice. We tell you that we submit. We tell you that we submit. Can I get you to go old school and say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yep. Come on, I need you to give them a yes online. I need you to give them a yes on Facebook. Whatever it is, my answer is yes. I submit, I submit, I submit. My why, God, is your why. I don't exist for my glory. We exist for your glory. In Jesus' name, put a praise in the atmosphere for three seconds. Go. Three. Two. Yeah. One. Woo! So once he sees you in a submitted posture, come here. See, watch me. See, see, here's visual compliance. Visual compliance is you're there, but you're not in a submitted posture. So that means when God comes to you, you come at him like he's your equal. Well, I'm not going to tell you nothing. But when you come with a submitted posture, watch what he does. Give me your hand. And let me tell you what we're going to do. When you come with a submitted posture, he says, let me lead you over here. What's right here? Uh-oh, there goes some money. <laughs> he said, I'm going to lead you, and you're going to try to figure, people going to try to figure out how you so lucky. I ain't lucky. I'm submitted. People going to try to figure out how you always get the hookup. I, watch me. I'm submitted. It's my submission that gets me to hook up. Why? Because get this principle. When you're in a submitted Okay, stand up, come at me like you're my equal. See, when you come in like you're equal, he can't pour anything on you. You ready? This is good 24 karat gold water. You ready? It's a visual. You ready? See, submission means he can't pour because you came at him like you're his equal. And, and American Christianity has mastered at making Jesus their equal. You're chasing after me. How about you chase after him? And I love all the songs we sing. They're nice, they're nice, they're nice. Oh, reckless love. Why, about, why wouldn't your love going to be reckless for him? You lead a 99. Okay, when you going to lead a 99 and go after the one? You're so addicted to the applause of the crowd, you're scared to stand by yourself. See, but when you're submitted, now he can actually pour. 
You can't pour on something that doesn't take a submitted posture. So for some of you, watch me, here's why you keep having Assyrian things. is because, watch me, what happens is after you go through some suffering, instead of becoming submitted, watch me, you get stiff. Ain't nobody gonna say nothing to me. Ain't nobody, nobody, ain't nobody. Ain't nobody going to, mm -mm, I'm not the one. I wish I would. You ready? <laughs> she didn't turn it to church. Listen, so you get stiff. So when you get stiff, what does the Bible say? He resists the proud. Because stiff means, watch me, there's a level of pride on you. And what, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, I'm not even into you like that. And you looking at the Lord, look at how good I am. Look at how polished I am. Look at how much I pray. Look at how much I pray. Look at how much I worship. Look at my radical praise. Oh, look at all that. And God is like, God's like, yeah, but you're stiff. I resist you. But watch me. But somebody that knows how to be like a woman with an issue of blood and get in a submitted posture and not worry about what anybody else thinks about her. I'm going to leave you and I'm going to come See, I can't pour on you because you don't, you don't even think you need a pour. You don't even think you need something from God. You think your little job means something. You think your little benefits mean something. You think because you live in Denver that that means something. God says, I can't do nothing for you, arrogant, stuck up behind. But what I will do is I'll pour on somebody that's in a submitted posture. Can I get you to lift your hands for a moment and say, Lord, I submit. Thank you all. Say, Lord, I submit. Say, Lord, I submit. Wow, right? He won't lead who's not submitted. And you can be saved and not submitted. And in Sunday's message, we call it the second set because Moses makes the same missteps producing a sequel that he didn't like. And the truth is, is we all have. And you know why? We sometimes have the same missteps and mistakes multiple times. Here's why. It's because we don't do what Psalm 90 and 12 says. Teach us to number our days carefully. So we can develop wisdom in our hearts. Heart in scripture is the word leb in Old Testament, word cardia in the New Testament. Both of them boil down to mean your mind. Pay attention. He says, teach us to number our days carefully so we can develop wisdom in our mind. Pay attention. Wisdom isn't knowledge. You, watch me. Look at me. Somebody around you is really smart. I mean, they're like brainiac. Brainiac, that's for sure. <laughs> I made it up. <laughs> Some of y'all like, now what song is this? I made you two this. It's that one, I made it up. Yeah, I made Brainiac, Brainiac, that's for sure. <laughs> I don't know the rest of the words. <laughs> and they thinking like they never thought before. Come on. They're a brainiac, brainiac, that's for sure. <laughs> and they thinking like they've never thought before. <laughs> you ready? Look, look, look at me, look at me, look at me. Bible says, it didn't say that we may develop knowledge in our hearts. It did not say so we can develop skill. And then I say, so we can develop talent. You know what it says? So we can develop what? Wisdom. What is wisdom? Applying knowledge. 
Here's what makes you wise. You ready? Is that when you learn it, you do it. You're not the type of Christian that sits up and listens to a message and says, Bishop, preach to her. You're the type that says, Bishop, preach to me. You're the type that says, Lord, correct me. Lord, check me. Why? I'm looking at the man or the woman in the mirror and I'm asking them to change their ways. But look at the first part. Teach us to number our days. Look at me. It doesn't say count them. Many of us count our days. That's what the Bible says to do. The Bible says to number our days. Which means every day you need to realize you're on a countdown. One of my favorite movies was the movie Independence Day. Um, the original Independence Day. <clears throat> Last couple of them uh, got really, you know, sci-fi channel-y. Yeah, Sci-Fi Channel have you doing some crazy Sci-Fi Channel shark tornadoes. I mean, <laughs> come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Sharknado. You know, Sci-Fi Channel have, you know, tarantulas coming out of a volcano. <laughs> this is some of the most creative stuff. I mean, really, really creative. I'm like, so who greenlit this in the office? All right, pay attention. In the original uh, Independence Day, <clears throat> Jeff Goldblum, um, David was his name, he discovers this, this, this count, this n countdown, this numbering that was in the satellite system. And nobody else knew what it was, but the satellites uh, around the Earth, they, they were counting down so that all of the different alien spacecraft around the Earth had the ability to synchronize their efforts and attack at the same time. W which means one over here would fire the same time one over here fired. One over here would fire the same time one over here fired. And it had to be synchronized because they were declaring war on the planet. Let me see. Look at the verse. The Bible says, teach us to synchronize our efforts. So I'm not just getting my money right, but I'm getting my body right at the same. I'm not just getting my body right, I'm getting my spirit right. I'm not just getting my spirit right, I'm getting my attitude right. Help me synchronize everything at the same time. Why? I don't have forever, so I got to make the most out of the time I have. Can I get you to touch somebody's shoulder and say, make the most out of the time you have. And the rest of your days. They're going to be the best of your days. You don't have forever, baby. You better live now. You don't have forever. You better do it now. You don't have forever. Buy it now. You don't have forever. Start it now. You don't have forever. Open it up now. Teach us to number our days and stop playing like we got forever. Because most of us live counting our days. I'm 23 today, Bishop. I'm 24 today. I'm 35 today, Bishop. I'm 46 today, Bishop. 50 today. 16 today. To heaven, we're counting down. And your days will come to an expiration. Look at me. And you don't know what it is. Mm -mm. Uh -uh, I need to let this sit on you for a second. Because most, watch me, here's why you procrastinate. Because you have the pride and the arrogance 
of being a counter, not a numberer. Here's why I'll do it next week, because you a counter. He didn't tell you to be a counter. He said, I need you to number. Because if I numbered my days, I'd say, well, I got the strength to do it now. I got the, watch me, if I don't have the energy, I can find, listen, let me tell you something I said. Last night, I had a very long, my days are always that way, but I like it that way. I don't like, you know, some people, oh, I had a meeting, and we just sat around, and <laughs> I'm not about that life. And people say, oh, Bishop, you need to rest. Oh, Bishop, you need to rest. And you know what my response to people like this is? I said, listen, look here. I can do that when I'm gone. I said, you act like I don't rest at all. I said, but it's disrespectful to be given gifts, talents, skills, ability, purpose, and assignment, and sit on it and procrastinate saying I'll do it next year, I'll do it next month, I'll do it next week. When he told me I'm supposed to number my days, which means every day I got to leave everything on the table like it might be the last. Here's why you don't hold a grudge, it might be the last. Here's why there's some people you need to just call and say, you know what, I forgive you and I don't even want to talk about what you did because you probably don't even recognize what you did in the first place. I forgive you and I let it go. Why? I'm numbering my days and I'm not carrying this burden with me. I'm not carrying this bitterness with me. I'm not going to walk around mad with no attitude. I'm not going to walk around with corners all in my stomach so I got a belly that's carrying my bitterness. No, I have decided to number my days. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, number your days. Uh-uh. Come on, y'all. Come on. We're almost done. Say, number your days. Don't count them. Number them. Like any moment. Like today could be the last one. I'm not saying that to scare you, but it's a fact. Over the last two years, there were individuals that in March 2020, they were healthy. They were at the mall. They were walking around. And then, <coughs> then, having body pains. Then, can't smell right. Then, can't taste right. Then, can't get out the bed. And what, they, what some thought would be forever, in 14 days, Mm -mm, was over look at me I wish you would still have breath in your body and have the attitude watch me of I don't owe him praise I wish you would have the attitude of I don't owe him glory I wish you would have the attitude of I'm gonna walk around mad I wish you would have the attitude I'm gonna sit in this house and be depressed he did not spare you for you to sit in that house and be depressed. He did not spare you for you to sit in that house and do nothing. I need you to number your days. Put a praise in the atmosphere for five seconds. Go five. Four. Woo. Three. Give it another chance. 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 Given another chance. Given a sequel. Given a sequel. This is your sequel. And you better make the most out of it. This is your sequel. And you better live it up. 
This is your sequel. You better enjoy. This is your Here we go. I taught you on Sunday. We're almost done. How about Moses? Moses, he had some things that became sequels that he didn't want to see those things become sequels. Number one, the Israelites complained about food. And so God gives them bread from heaven. Moses had an anger issue. And if you watched last night's um, preview, I taught you why he had that anger issue. Because Moses, when he's a child, the Bible says his parents release him by faith into the Nile. Which, but watch me. He doesn't know that they release him to save him. So what ends up happening? So he struggles with abandonment issues his entire life because he does not recognize and realize that Moses, you have literally been released. Why? So that you would be able to recover. You have been released because you are going to release your people. See, for some of y'all, you're mad at people. Why they do me like this? What if they didn't know what they were doing, but what they were doing, they were forced to do? See, you said you were rejected by your father, but what if God said, if I let that knucklehead raise you, you're going to end up just like that, Mark. So I, so I let him birth you so I could have a curse breaker in the bloodline, but I did not let him. Who am I talking to? But I did not let him raise you. I put him out. Matter of fact, he don't even know why he left. But I made that mark leave because I didn't want that spirit on you. You ready? Watch me. The Israelites, they complain. And they complain. And Moses has anger issues because whenever, watch me, you've been abandoned. Whenever you've been abandoned, you normally will respond from an overly emotional place. Because abandonment creates insecurity, and insecurity creates overactive emotions. I said again, abandonment creates insecurity, and insecurity creates overactive emotions. So when you're insecure, watch me, you make small things big things. When you're insecure, you, you make things that do not need to be treated, you treat everything. Y'all not say that to me. When you're insecure, you're overreactive when it comes to your emotions. And so what ends up happening is Moses, he's overreactive. He sees this Egyptian, he murders this Egyptian because he has an anger problem, but he has an anger problem because he's insecure. He's insecure because he's been abandoned. And nowhere in the Bible do we ever see him say, God, please show me why this had to happen. I need everybody to say, Lord, show me why it had to happen. What you're whining and complaining about and what you're mad about and what you've got deep-rooted issues about. What if God said, I needed this to happen this way? Because watch me, your life is not even about you. Everybody look at me. This is so much bigger than you, Moses. Moses, it's not even about your abandonment issues. Come here. It's not, come here. It's not even about your abandonment issues. Moses, you're about to deliver two million people. Moses, this is so much bigger than you. So I need you to get your anger under subjection because you are the one I chose years ago to be the one to set my people free. Can I tell everybody under the sound of my voice? He chose you for something that's way bigger than your present and way bigger than your previous. Open your mouth, say, I've been chosen. So he's got these anger issues. And so he kills an Egyptian. And so he doesn't learn his lesson because for 40 years he has to, he's on exile. For 40 years he is raising sheep on the backside of the desert. And then, watch me, he doesn't get the lesson. He doesn't get the lesson. He's out there with his father-in-law, Jethro's sheep, 
but he doesn't get the lesson. He even gets married to, to Jethro's daughter, but he does not get the lesson. Do not think that the normal sequence of life means that you are actually properly functioning in your sequel. I got to move on. Watch me. Um, Moses doesn't get the lesson, so he comes back at age 80. Everybody say 80. For some of you all, watch me. That's when Moses' sequel began. His sequel began at 80. Look at me. Some of y'all saying, Bishop, I'm in my sunset. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Bishop, I'm not in my, I can't do it like I used to. Shut your mouth. Bishop, I ain't as young as I used to. Shut your whole mouth. The whole thing. Why? Because Moses didn't get started until he was 80. And for some of y'all, watch me, your sequel what, ain't even going to start until your 50s. Y'all not say your sequel ain't even going to start until, no, no, no. Let me see if I can say it another way. Whatever age you are, wherever you're at, I need you to enjoy that. Why? Because you're in your sequel. I, don't you ever let nobody say you're too old. You, you might not be as young as you used to be, but you ready. You ready? And you might be young, but you ready? Type it on the screen. I'm ready. Here we go. Moses starts his sequel at 80. When he starts his sequel, he, he never really dealt with this anger issue. So because he never really deals with this anger issue, you see it rise up. So the children of Israel, after 10 plagues, they come out of 430 years of Egyptian bondage to the day. That's always really interesting to me every time I teach that. Because God is so into the details. He said, I said 430 years, and it's going to be 430 years to the day. Which means he's specific. Let's put it in practice. Touch somebody's shoulder and say, I speak supernatural, sudden, fast forward, movement. You ready for this part? 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 By May 15th. Okay. Okay. He's specific like that. He's into the detail like that. He's into the detail like that. Oh, baby. Watch these next two weeks. It's getting ready to happen. Come on, Wiz. They say it's getting ready to happen. Here we go. So they get out. And the Bible says that the Lord parts the Red Sea. When he parts the Red Sea, they walk across on dry land. When they walk across on dry land, Pharaoh's army is drowned. Pharaoh is left alive because God wants Pharaoh to see them make it. And there are some people in your life, the ones that really rub you the wrong way, those are the ones he does nothing to. Because he says, I want them to see you make it. I want them to see you succeed. And once they see you, then I'll, watch me, I'll, watch me, I'll take them out after they see the show. I'll take them out after they see the sequel. But I'm going to let them sit right there. I'm going to let them scroll right there. I'm going to let them look right there. And then I'm going to let them see the sequel. Are you ready? So they cross over, and as they cross over, They've seen a miracle. So the Red Sea closes. Pharaoh's army is there, but Pharaoh sees them on the other side, and Pharaoh can't touch them. Let me just, listen, I really want to move on, but I got I to gotta obey God. Watch me. Make this declaration. Say, I'm untouchable. I'm unstoppable. I'm unbreakable. Some of y'all's mouth in this building ain't moving. If you don't open your mouth, say, I'm unstoppable. I'm unbreakable. I'm unbeatable. 
pay, pay attention, pay attention. Watch what God did. God says, hey, 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 Pharaoh, I want you to see them over there. And you can't touch them. I can't move fast with my MC Hammer in these shoes. But, but it's about to be an MC Hammer situation. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Somebody say, you can't touch this. And watch me. They're going to talk, but they can never touch. And let them talk. Because the Bible says he's going to make your name great. So the only way for your name to be made great is somebody got to be talking about you. Matter of fact, don't you get mad no more when you hear people are talking about you. When you hear they talking about you, say, I must be talk about worthy. That just shows me how important I am to you. That you would take time out of your day to bring my name up. But the Bible says that he make our name great. That means he may even put your name in the mouth of somebody low that's going to speak of how high you... Come on, we got to go. Let's go. They get across. We're almost done. They get across. When they get across, all of a sudden, they need some bread. They're hungry. Now, they ran out of food that they took from Egypt. Now, when they ran out, they did not consider that the same God that got them out would be the same God that would feed them on their way. You know what's funny about you? Is you have a short memory. Now, this is my neighbor. Mm -mm, I'm talking to you and me. You know what's funny about us? We have a short memory. I was thinking the other day about how just in our journey of a church, I remember we had gotten a call on one Friday. <clears throat> we were using a school at the time. And we got in a call on one Friday, and Friday morning around 8 o'clock, and uh, the lady said, well, we, we put you in this school, but the principal didn't know that we were putting the church in this school. And so here's what the here's, here's, here's what little lady said. Little lady said, she said, <laughs> little lady said, she said, I could make it so you can't go back this Sunday. I said, baby, you ain't got power like that. Don't let this desk and this phone go to your head. Because, see, I'll pray you out. Just like I've done. Read the newspaper. I, some of these changes you see, I prayed that stuff up out. Huh? <laughs> Don't play with it. She said, I could make it so this is your last Sunday, but I'm going to give you one more Sunday. That Sunday was Easter Sunday. And, um, and so myself and, and um, a couple of our leaders, I said, well, okay, y'all, we got to go find us somewhere to go. And so we drove around, we drove around, we drove around, and we couldn't find anything. And so we went to a hotel. The hotel said, yeah, it's going to work. I said, great. So let's do it. They said, well, now you can't have church this day, this day, this day, this day. This wasn't no, there wasn't no streaming. Wasn't no digital campuses. Actually, I think we were streaming at that time. But there were no digital campuses, as it were. There were no those types of things. I said, you can't have church and have a church and not have church. Like, this is not going to work. I said, this is not going to work. So I left and I said, but I have, look at me. I said, but I have no options. So here's what the Lord said. I said, let me go eat. <laughs> I, said, I said, let's go have lunch. I said, because this looks like <clears throat> this is going to be the best option. T touch your neighbor. He's going somewhere. I said, I said, okay, let me go eat, and then you get the paperwork together, 
And when you get back, once we go eat, we'll come back and sign the paperwork. I said, I have no other options. As I'm driving to go eat, and at that time, I used to uh, mess with the food that's fast. <laughs> and so I went to uh, um, something that rhymes with Popeyes. And because of all of the stress of the day, I said, listen, g- give, me the, give, give me the eight piece. Not a chicken, a strips. Now, don't y'all tell me see you. I ain't ate no eight pieces of chicken. I don't even like, all I want is, a, is the breast. I don't mess with that other meat. And, um, and <laughs> I don't mess with that. People want a drumstick. I'm not five. No, I don't want no drumstick. That's disgusting. That's gross. That's gross. But nobody's perfect. Come on. Listen, everybody, come on. I'm just messing. 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 And so I do that, and I'm like, look, I want three biscuits and some jalapenos, red beans and rice, and mashed potatoes. Well, listen, I was like, I'm going to eat because this is stressful. And I wasn't slim fit bishop there. I was, you know, big juicy there. And so that's what I refer to that version of myself as. And so as I was doing that, um, I drive past this building. I drive past this building. Lord said, look. I said, oh, okay. He said, call. So I'm call. I pick up the phone. I call. Man answers the phone. He answers in the Korean. And he's speaking in the Korean. And, uh, <coughs> you know, he's talking. And, sh- and, and I just, I, it's, it's, I get mad. I said, man, I speak tongues, not Korean. I'm going to need you to say something like that so I can interpret what you said. I don't understand what you said. So I hang up the phone. I hang up the phone. The Holy Ghost, while I'm driving down Parker Road, trying to enjoy my chicken chips, red beans and rice, mashed potatoes and gravy, three biscuits, and jalapenos. All in the car. <laughs> this is stressful. I'm like, Lord, I got to go tell these people on Sunday where we going. Can't get up and say, you know, there wasn't no text groups. I said, I got to tell them. We got to put it. We used to, we used to have uh, 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 communicate. I got to give them. The, it's got to be on the communicate. Some of y'all grew up in old school church. You know, you had the, the, the pamphlet that, that had the order of service. And all. We didn't do the order of service, but we had a communique. It was the announcement sheet. <laughs> we called it the communique. We had to get the saints the communique. I said, we got to put it in the communique. So I got to know today because they got to print them and they got to cut them and they got to do all of this. I called a man back. I'm going somewhere. I called a man back. <clears throat> when I call a man back, all of a sudden he answers. Check, check the story. First time, he doesn't even speak my language. Whenever you see a two, that means you're about to witness something. And that second time, all of a sudden, hello? I said, oh, now you speak English. But I got an attitude. I'm mad. So I I said, do you have space for a church? Oh, yes, yes, we have space for a church. Yes, church just left. Church just left. Come on in, come on in, come on in. So I said, all right, we're coming in. I said, but I got to see it now. 
So we go in there and see it. A church left that facility unannounced that Monday. So much so that they didn't even have time to get keys prepared. I got that call that Friday. Had I been looking a day or a week earlier and I called that man, he would have said, no space. But what the Lord does because he's so into the details is he had them to leave on a Monday because he knew a call was coming on a Friday. So that Friday afternoon where I said defeat is not an option, God says, I'm about to prepare something and open a door for you. And we did the deal and made it happen. Bishop, what in the world are you trying to tell me? I'm trying to tell you he's a provider. What am I trying to tell you? The same God that took care of you back then is the same God that will take care of you now. Can I just get you to get one thing in your mind he's done for you in your past. And once you got that thing on your mind, can I get you to put a praise in the atmosphere that he's going to do it in your next. Go. When I think, when I think, when I think, when I think, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We got to go. They forgot. When I was thinking about that as I was sharing that with somebody the other day, I was like, Lord. I was like, I had less than a day's notice. And you made a way. Let that be revelation for some of y'all that are saying, I got a little bit, a bit of time to get it done. Let that story be, be, be your proof that if he did it for me, would you stretch your hands toward me? Say the same God that did it for my bishop is the same God that'll do it for me. And I started just thinking about all these little things. And I started looking at it. I was like, God, this is amazing. 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 The children of Israel had a short memory. And I need you not to have a short memory. Because they complain about bread. And complain about bread. And watch what the Bible says happens. In Exodus 16, 20. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it to the morning. And the bread, and it bred warms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. Listen, literally, this is what God did. And every morning they woke up. Bible says that manna was on the earth. Bible says literally that they would find bread. Look, they find them good saltine crackers. For some of y'all who grew up in church, you know what these are. This is pre-communion. <laughs> pre-communion. Every morning they woke up and all they had to do was take it <clears throat> for that day. Moses gave them specific instructions. They did not follow those instructions. And what does Moses do? He goes back to his insecurity. Because his insecurity makes him overly emotional. And so what does he do? He gets angry. Then they wanted water. And when they wanted water, watch what the Bible says. In Numbers 20 and 8, the Lord tells Moses, tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. The next part. Hear now, you rebels. <laughs> Moses doesn't do anything God says to do. 
Because when you're angry, you, let's see, you take a step that you feel justified in that temporarily makes you happy. Do you remember where we started? I said, do you remember where we started? So what does the Bible say? The Bible says, here now you rebels. He didn't modify his expectation of them. He knew they could not be dependent upon. Look at the next part, please. And Moses lifted up his hands and he struck the rock with his staff twice. Bam. Bam. You know what the Bible says? And that rock, you know what it did? That rock yielded water. Now what's crazy is that rocks don't make water. Which means God says, I'm trying to give you an opportunity to see something that's weird. You remember we started this year weird. Somebody says it's going to be a weird year. Supernatural. Uncanny. Zany. He said, but Moses, look at me. You took on their attitude. Let me let this settle. No music. Let this settle. How many times have you taken on the attitude of your situation? It's annoying, so now you. It's difficult, so now you are difficult. It's frustrating, so now all you do is frustrate people. He took on their attitude. And the Bible says the water came out abundantly. So he saw results, but he rebelled to get them. Everybody look at me clearly. Because there's a lot of Christians that will say, I don't know if I believe in that Christianity stuff. I don't know if I believe in doing all of that. Because I see people who don't love the Lord. And it looks like they're doing well. And I see people who don't love the Lord. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. They may look like they're getting results for now. But you better believe, but you bet your bottom dollar that before it's said and done, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess. And whatever wealth they're gaining, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for. Watch my words. You're about to see a transfer to the body of Christ like we've never seen over the next 24 months. I need you to rejoice like you're about to be one of the recipients. Just take it. Just take it. Come on, somebody say, I'm one of the recipients. It looks like your little friend that don't love the Lord look like she's doing good now. It looks like, look like your little homeboy that don't love the Lord look like he's doing good now. It looks like your colleague at the office that doesn't love the Lord is prospering now with his house at the foothills. Oh, yeah, it looks like it's happening now. Just like it looked like Moses got results from rebellion. So it was confusing because Moses was like, I did wrong, but I got right. But watch what happens. Look at the next verse. Bible says, Bible says, and the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me, you shall not bring this assembly into the land. In other words, he says, listen, you don't get to just do what you want to do. And think that I got you. 
I love you, but you just ruined your sequel. Look at verse 13. These are the waters of Meribah where the people of Israel quarreled. What does quarrel mean? A heated disagreement. So what happened? Moses took on their spirit. Moses took on their attitude. He's already got an anger issue. Now he adds anger to rebellion. Because they were rebellious, he wasn't, but now he rebelled. So now when you add anger to rebellion, you got a mad fool. I need you to touch your neighbor on the shoulder and say, do not be a mad fool. So the last thing, what happens? The Israel's delay, the Israel's delay, they play because of delay. And Exodus 32 and 1 says this, when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, they said, up, make us gods who shall go before us. And verse 6 says, they rose up to play. And the Lord said to Moses, behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Verse 11, Moses implored the Lord. He prayed to the Lord and said, oh, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against the people? And I said this to you on Sunday, Moses, how, how dare you project your anger issues onto God? Because wrath is hot anger. You know what Moses does? Moses says, Lord, why are you so mad? You the same, you the same one beating on rocks? You a rock beater. <laughs> you the sa- you're the same one. You're the same one. Watch me. And you begin to project. You're projecting on, look at me, you're projecting on to the Lord who you are. So when you say, he doesn't come through, let's tell the truth, you don't. He doesn't care about me, let's tell the truth, you use him. We should have you on an episode of The Pimp Show. Because you become a professional pimp. So the only time you worship is when you need something. And you put him out on the corner like he's supposed to go get it for you. Let's just tell the truth. That's a lot of American Christians. I need something from the Lord right now. So they in church. Let them do good. I ain't going tonight. Let Let them do good. I don't need that religious stuff. I'm spiritual. You weren't spiritual when you was on your knees saying, Lord, I need you to give me a breakthrough. You weren't spiritual when you said, Lord, if you get me out of this, I'll serve you for the rest of my days. And you did it for two months. Come on, this is Wednesday. I got I to gotta mature you. I got to mature you. I got to mature you. Here's what I love about it. If you still got a pulse, what does that mean Wednesday? God still has a plan. It's not over for us. Somebody say, it's not over for me. So Moses was up getting the Ten Commandments. We're done. Verse 14, and the Lord relented from the disaster he has spoken. Now, the, the, the tablets, verse 16, these tablets were the work of God, the Bible says. Verse 16, and the writing was the writing of who? God. So while Moses is up on that mountain for 40 days and 40 nights, God literally, he cuts, the, he cuts it for Moses, and then he literally writes out the Ten Commandments. And He actually gives Moses far more instructions than the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were just the preeminent of the instructions. So it took 40 days because God had a lot to say. Because what God gave his people was more than just spiritual rules. He gave them rules concerning life. Like he told them not to wear certain types of fabrics together because he knew that it would affect the way that their energy is. 
Because there are certain type of fabrics that when you mix them together, you wonder why your energy feels a certain way. It's because when you put those two fabrics together, it ends up affecting. There were certain things he said, don't eat. Why? Because he says, you don't have the sanitary systems in place. And so he says, you can't eat that because if you eat that, you don't have the way to make sure that that's clean. And so when you eat that, you're going to end up getting worms. And when you get worms, you're going to have issues in your body. And now that you have issues in your body, you're going to overeat because you got a parasite that you're actually feeding now. He says, he says, I'm not just giving y'all rules spiritual. He says, I'm trying to tell you how to do life. And so what does he say? He says, when, when a woman was uh, uh, having her flow, the Lord gave specific instructions. Why? He said, because when she's having her flow, her body is literally cleansing itself. And so watch me, because there's not sanitary conditions, I need to make sure that there's not diseases that are spread by the blood that are being spread because there's a flow that's uncontrollable at that time. So everything that he lays down, he lays down because he was giving them, watch me, he was giving them a way to live. Yeah. Yeah. It's more than just these Ten Commandments. Okay, we got to go. Come on, come on. Y'all with me? Yes, sir. All right, say, it won't happen again. It won't happen again. So Moses, let me see if I, I can't. Okay, you got to carry it. Come on, Moses. I tried. I tried. Carry both of them, Moses. Come on, you can, you can carry both of them. We had to make sure you saw them. We didn't give you no little punk tablets. <laughs> Come on, lift, lift up the word of the Lord. You ready? So Moses, he's coming down the mountain. He'll be coming down the mountain. He's coming down the mountain. And as Moses is coming down the mountain, Moses hears some music playing. And Mo Stop, but it wasn't church music. Moses heard some trap music playing. And Moses, Moses is like, what? What is going on here? I've been up here being spiritual for 40 days, getting the word of the Lord, and the people are down there. Bible says that they're dancing and they're playing. And the moment Moses hears that music, he says, stop. Moses says, Look at the next verse. Moses says, as soon as he got near and he heard the dancing and he saw the calf, his anger burned hot. What you accused God of, you became. And he threw the tablets. This is his last message with him. You can throw them. You can throw them. Oh, wow. Now you didn't got them wet. Now look at what you done gone and done. Now you done tore my good tablets up. I'm not supposed to do but wet word. Listen, I. <laughs> so I said, have fun in church. <laughs> Moses threw him. And knocked the water over. And <laughs> I'm just joking. And he came to the camp. He saw the camp dancing. Moses, anger burned heart. And he threw the tablets out of his hands. And what did he do? And he broke them. What did he do? And he broke them. Well, watch me. Everybody look at me. Go back to the previous verse. The Bible says this was the work of God. This was the writing of God. Which means it was the word of God. So Moses, you just destroyed God's work. And you just broke his word. Say the first set. Come on, talk to me. I'll say the first set. So here's the second set. Exodus 34 and 1. 
We're going to pick that one up. There we go. And this time, this is actually really good. Which one is the wet one? This is really good. Here, turn it around. Let me have those. Thank you. He said, Moses, this the wet one? Yeah. He said, Moses, this time you're going to have to do it. So all your little tantrum, clean that up. <clears throat> all your little... All your little attitude, yep, you, you ticked off the wrong one this time. You should have just did right the first time. Yep, you gonna, this, this is, listen, this is going to take you long. This is going to drain you. Watch me. You're going to lose energy. You're going to lose sleep. You're going to be tired. Watch me. Because you let something happen a second time that shouldn't have because you took a step that you feel justified in that made you happy, but you ended up breaking his word. And destroying his work. So now he, he, he says, he says, you're gonna cut him this time. He said, I'm not doing it this time. In other words, he says, this is gonna be, look at me, your opposition is gonna be harder the second time. Your warfare is gonna be more difficult the second time. He says, because this never should have happened. He says, come on, y'all, we're going to go. He says, he says, and I will write the tablets, on the tablets, the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke. Moses, we never should have been here. Moses, we never should have got to the water. Moses, we never should have got to the bread. Moses, I didn't teach you to show you the story, we never should have got to the quail. Moses, we, we never should have got to where I had to split the earth open. Because of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Moses, we never should have got to the point to where I had to uh, uh, make uh, Miriam a leper. Moses, we never should have had to get to that point. Because had we dealt with this issue when you were in Egypt, when you call yourself cutting Egyptians, because you was a gangbanger. Nobody going to do you like that. You did not deal with your anger issue in Egypt. So I loved you and you were saved. But this area was not submitted. And because this one area was not submitted. I told you, you can't go in the promised land. But here's the deal, Moses. I said that to get you to move. I said that. Because some people, you only move with an ultimatum. Some people, you only change if it's an ultimatum. He says, I gave you an ultimatum, uh, ultimatum Moses, because that's the only time you do what you're supposed to do is when I threaten you. Because I wanted you to go into the promised land. How do you know that? Because I kept giving you additional opportunities to deal with your anger. To the end of his life, to the end of his life, the Lord says, you still ain't got it. So he watches Aaron die. You still ain't got it. After he watches Aaron die, he's like, you still don't get it. And after he watches Aaron die, the Lord says, okay, go up to Mount Pisgah and look at the promised land. Why would he show it to him? Because he was like, I'm hoping something in you will make you say, Father, I Because this whole time, oh, God, I've been blaming these people. 
the whole time I should have been dealing with me. What if the people were a mirror? What if the people were a mirror? Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. You ready? Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Right where you're at, on campus and online. Did this, did this word say something to you? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No music. Here's what you're going to do. I need you to lift both of your hands in this building online. Father, whatever we need to deal with that we cannot take into our sequel, thank you, whatever we need to deal with, Father, show it to us tonight so we can conquer it before we exit April. So we can conquer it before we exit April. So we can conquer it before we exit April. Show it to us. Is it your anger? Is it your inconsistency? Is it your, whatever it is, Father, show it to us tonight so we can conquer it before we exit April 2022. Because when we hit May, that's five. That's grace. When we hit May, that's five. That's favor. When we hit May, that's five. That's supernatural. When we hit May, we're stepping into the totality of our sequel. And for that, we say thank you. And our confession is that our next is going to be better than our present and our previous. And for that, we say thank you. And for that, we say thank you in Jesus' name. If you're excited that tonight God just let you know he still got your sequel ready. He just lets you know this will not happen a second time. Why? Because you're about to deal with it. Why? Because you're about to conquer it. Why? Because you're about to make the devil out to be a lie. Why? Before you exit April 2022, it shall not come again. Put the verse up. It will not happen a second time. Nahum 1-9, it will not happen a second time. It will not happen a second time. I need you to open your mouth and say, it will not occur twice. He's about to make a complete end of it. Say, he's about to make a complete end of it. It will not occur twice. Because there's something in you that he needs to get out of you. Say, what is it, Bishop? Bishop? I'll tell you on Friday. In Atlanta. Scene change. Outfit change. (laughs) If you're in this building online, you need to become a Christian. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not James Brown. I'm not Keith Sweat. I'm not Lenny Williams. You need to become a Christian and recommit yourself to the Lord in this building or online. I want you to respond. When I count to three, you're going to raise your hand in this building online. Do the hand wave emoji. Say it's me. You become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord. Be sure wherever you're at. One, two, three. If that's you, respond wherever you're at in this building or online. Online, I've got digital ambassadors that are there. I've got digital ambassadors that are there to see your response. Everybody pray this with me. I don't care if you and Jesus went to school together and you have a class picture with him. 
don't care if you sign your, your yearbook. Tell me, you're my favorite. <laughs> Love Yeshua. <laughs> Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart, that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to run this race. In Jesus' name, amen. You just prayed that prayer for the first time or recommitted yourself to the Lord. I need you to text the word decision or scan that QR code that's on the screen. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people and love life. Since 1981, Unbound has connected people like you with families worldwide on their self-directed paths out of poverty. A brighter future is possible for these families when we all walk together. Sponsor a child today and you'll help a family take the first steps on their path. Change their future in just one click. Start walking with your new friend today at unbound.org walk. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.